What's going on, guys? It's Chauncey here today, uh, and this week we are going to do the second part of our uh, capitalism versus anti-capitalism series. Uh, we had such a great response to the first one that we decided to uh, finish it off and make sure that all points were answered and that we could uh, continue the argument that was uh, pretty heated last week. And uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun recording it. Honestly, uh, we had a great time. Um, a lot of lively discussion within the episode and in between the scenes. Uh, so yeah, we really do hope you enjoy. We hope we can... Uh, 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 listen to the entire episode, but we understand a lot of you guys have busy schedules, so if you can't, that's all cool. But either way, please do enjoy. Thanks. What's going on, everyone? It's Chauncey here, and welcome back to the Pragmatic Podcast. I've got the whole crew here, and today we have a part two of our debate last week. Say what's up to the folks at home, guys. What's up, guys? Hey. All right, so today uh, we're not going to have any kind of speeches. We're not going to have any kind of debate portion. It's just going to be discussion, questions, answers, uh, all the stuff that you guys love. Uh, So, yeah, I'm going to take it away this time. Um, so uh, I'm going to start off with my question for the capitalists. So in the beginning of the communist, uh, the, the existence of the Chinese communist government, the population was facing large uh, masses of population growth, extreme poverty, and one of the largest mass starvations in human history. Only when they opened up to capitalism in the West after the death of Chairman Mao was this avoided. Today, the Chinese have one of the largest economies in the world. If capitalism is such a bad system, I ask you, anti-capitalists, why is it that through its strategies, China flourished and without it, it almost starved? I guess I could answer that a little bit. Yeah, so I think you have a very flawed view of what communism is. There's there's never been an actual communist government uh, in the history of the world, or in, in theory, at least. Co- communism is something that um, I'm not actually too familiar with, but I've uh, heard this from, uh, I mean, but believe me or not, but I, I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost certain a real um, communist system has never actually existed. Countries have called themselves communists, but um, when the power is in the hands of one leader, that's not communism. All right, I'm going to respond to that, and then if you want to add on, Chanti, feel free. Okay. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it really matters whether it's you know real communism or not. The fact of the matter remains that it's not capitalism, and that's what that's what the point that we're getting at here. It doesn't really matter, you know, if it's if it's like you know fits the official definition or whatever. The fact of the matter remains that they don't have a free market, but then once they open up to a free market, they're allowed they they flourish. Uh, I just I think it's quite ironic uh, that as you say no true communist society has ex- ever existed but every time uh, there has been a communist society or there has been an attempt to create a communist society like in the USSR or in China um, the communist society has failed and turned into more of an authoritarian program uh, which as you say is not a true communist society but I f- feel it's I feel as though it's quite ironic that that keeps happening uh, well, yeah, I- Add a little bit to that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, I just want to add that uh, what I know about the uh, Chinese Communist Revolution, which uh, was the I forgot ex- the exact name, but like the People's the People's 
revolution or something but it anyway um the cultural revolution yeah the okay. cultural that's what the that's, cultural revolution right, there you go. yeah um that was probably one of the i would say the, the a big reason that that failed as a communist system is because they did not value education they actually uh they paid all work about the same uh doctors that had a high education were very valuable to society got just as much uh pay as someone who did uh work that was not as beneficial or as as intensive as like education intensive as uh as a doctor mm-hmm. and their disvalue for education hindered their ability to advance in the world so i would say that while you do have a point that um the chinese communism failed to provide for their country and left many people starving it was there was a big portion of that was because of the fact that they did not value uh the importance of education and uh yeah education <laughs> so you guys keep talking about how there's never really been because because kai you kind of made that point i've got to have to admit kai that was a pretty good point right there i i completely agree with what you were saying but you guys keep talking about how there's never been a true communist society and how every time things keep getting messed up so in your mind if you could have an ideal communist society as you have defined it what would it look like well okay so for me i'm just gonna backtrack a little and talk about capitalism and explain how um i i'm not sure how to design an entire political system but i think we should have ideals that are more uh, farther from capitalism, and, and if that means more towards more towards communism, then I'm all for it. I mean, you can say what you want about cap- communist theory, but I mean, capitalism is what's in place right now, and it's not working at all. Capitalism has caused huge income inequality. Um, we've already seen in the history; it was one of the main uh, main driving forces of slavery and uh, American exceptionalism. Uh, imperialism, I mean, capitalism has just been terrible for the United States and has just only led to bad things. So, so I mean, I guess if we create if we create more policies that are more communist, more communistic, as you said, I'd say, I mean, just better healthcare, um, better education, meaning like free college, um, which, by the way, would I cost, I think, about $77 billion. I'm pretty sure I read that annually, while the military budget is $500 uh, billion. So uh, that's definitely affordable. So, yeah, I think com- like these communist ideals, I think, would definitely work in the United States. Okay, can I respond to those two right. things? Ooh, quickly, can quickly, can quickly, quickly. Can I get that real quick? Quickly, 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 quickly. I'll, I'll just do it quickly, and then you can get it. So... First of all, those are not communist ideals. Those are suggestions that would actually, I, a few of them I actually believe in myself. Uh, those are not at all communist ideals. Those are uh, examples of what I've been talking about. Improvements to our own capitalist society. There's nothing about free Medicare or Medicare for all that is communism. There's nothing about that that is going to completely change our society so that the government hands out everything and there's no such thing as a free market. It is the, it's a difference between improving our system and changing it completely. Uh, and also, the fact that you couldn't answer my question really proves the point that I was trying to make from it. You keep talking about how there's never been a true communist society and how 
uh, we kind of need to try that, yet you can't define for yourself what it would actually look like. And to me, I think that's dangerous. That it, there's, we're kind of going into a dark path if we don't really know what we want when we're going into a communist society rather than capitalism. Yes, capitalism has had some real dark spots in the past, but my point is those kinds of policies can be used to improve our society and make it not communist, as Jackson said, but more uh, beneficial to all people. All right, yeah, so I'm going to add on to what you said, Chauncey. Um, mm-hmm. um, uh, you said a lot, Jackson, so I'm going to try to do my best to get into all of it. Um, we already talked about, you know, the military uh, budget and free college, so not going to get into that. Uh, but um, so you said, you said that um, we need to adopt, adopt excuse me, more communist ideals to make our society better. Um, and kind of like what Chauncey was saying, well, you know, change, like, like making tweaks to our system to make it better is not adopting communist ideals. In fact, making our system better is a capitalist ideal. We are all competing. Every country in the world is competing for, you know, to give their citizens the best. And that, at its root, is the most capitalist thing you can have, a, a system in which everybody is competing against each other for the best, for the best for their people, for the best for their consumers. Um, so there's that. And then you also said, um, you know, you're pointing out all these flaws with capitalism. Um, you said, you know, capitalism has only led us down a dark path or whatever. Well, that's not true. Um, because almost every nation or a large amount of our, of our countries on this planet are capitalists. So of course, you know, when we have such a large amount of people who subscribe to, subscribe to this idea, there's going to be some people who, you know, who do who do bad things? That's just how it works. When there's a large sample size, there's a larger margin for error. But however, we have not seen any socialist or or any communist actually any communist countries that have succeeded. So I think that's more telling. I think it's more telling that capitalism is bad or communism is bad. Excuse me. Uh, when we see the small amount of communist countries that every single one of them has failed, when um, compared to a large amount of capitalist countries that you know for the most part have succeeded. Alrighty, guys, this is going to be our break right here. Kai needs to go get something, so we may take multiple breaks in an episode for the first time. So this has been an A-Pragmatic Podcast. Please stick around, and we hope you've enjoyed the episode so far. Thanks. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to a pragmatic podcast. We had a very lively break, and we're going to uh, move on to Kai uh, and his question. Uh, so take it out. Uh, go ahead, Kai. Okay, so the resource grab in Africa, the sweatshops in Asia, the transatlantic slave trade, the Nanda republics, and the slaves working for Nestle, all points in history that are motivated by capitalism. How can you tell me that capitalism is good while it is the underlying motive for all these tragedies. Chuck, do you want to take that? No. Well, of course, there are greedy, greedy capitalists, right? People who are motivated by, by money. But greed is not something that's unique to capitalism, nor does capitalism perpetuate it. Capitalism puts forth the ideas of hard work for a good reward. 
Greed is something that all humans feel, regardless of what economic platform they subscribe to. However, if we were to choose an economic system that exemplifies greed, I would certainly choose communism. Communist leaders like Stalin and Mao were content to let their people starve while they themselves got fat in their palaces. Around 45 million people died under Mao. That's not greed. I don't know what it is. What is it? So I just want to remind you folks that although Kai makes a really, really great and constructive point, the people that these that t- these two are advocating for, Kai and Jackson, are truly awful people. For example, Mao, Chairman Mao and uh, Joseph Stalin combined killed 65 million people within their terms as leaders. That's eight times, a bit less than eight times the population of New York City. Imagine that. 65 million people dead at the hands of communism. I'm not quite sure that that's a, a, a theory, a philosophy that I want to be a part of. I don't know about you guys, but I think that that's only nothing but logical. Just to quickly add on to that, you said, um, Chauncey said that that's, they, were, they died at the hands of communism. And uh, I just want to remind our listeners that it wasn't necessarily the hand of communism. It was the hand of just two communist leaders, just two. Think about if that's, if that's what happened under the rule of two people. Imagine if we were to adopt the system universally. That's a good point, Holden. Good point. Thank you. I want to say this again. That's not actual communism, what they did, though. Communism is about having the, the means of production, ha- having the workers own the means of production. Do you think Mao cared about that? Do you, I mean, I mean, he, he obviously didn't care about the people if, what, what you said, 43 million died? How, however many people Mao uh, killed... It's not real communism. Real communism has never been adopted ever before. And the, and the United States is so scared of communism, and it, it's, it's, it's just made so much propaganda against communism. And it's clearly why you guys think this idea. I mean, the, the United States government has assassinated people who um, believe in communism and want a revolution. Uh, I mean, just take a look at the what happened to the Black Panther Party. Um, Multiple leaders were assassinated, like uh, Fred Hampton. He was assassinated in Chicago by the, by the FBI because he wanted. He said, uh, "I am a revolutionary." You, is is that what you want in your um, in your government? A government that so calls that, that protects so called freedom of speech and then kills someone because they want a new type of government that allows workers to have uh, more rights, allows workers to unionize allows people to live their lives without huge corporations controlling them and controlling uh, their earnings that provide them with their necessities. Can I respond to that, Holden? Yeah, sure. I wouldn't call 65 65 million dead people living their lives. I wouldn't say that they've been allowed to live their lives. I wouldn't say that persecution when people speak up against the government is living their lives. These people have no rights. Please keep that in mind. I mean, that's just a reality in these kinds of societies. And once again, Jackson, I would ask you, if there's never been a true communist society, I challenge you, please describe the specific communist society that you value as true. Because I can tell you, I can, I can describe a true free market economy. So please, please do. Please answer that question right now, if you can. If I, if I can... Uh... If I can describe a true communist society. Can you describe a true communist society? 
what in your mind would be a true communist society? And again, if, you, if you're able to answer this question, that's great. But keep in mind, everyone, that this is one man's interpretation versus millions of others. We have no idea what the system would actually look like. I'm going to be honest in this one. I really have not read much theory about communism. The, the basis is, is that I know the, the workers own the means of production. So let's say like Lyft, for example, the ride sharing service, the, the, uh, the company gets, um, I'm not sure, but they, they get, um, definitely a lot more money than they should get. Like, a big a big percentage of the money and the actual driver gets almost nothing or not what he should get not what they should get so I mean I just think the workers in the United States deserve more pay and they deserve more rights which is what um, communism is it's just about defeating this uh, idea of class and classism I mean I can't describe to you a perfect government, but I don't think you can describe a perfect free market without any flaws. That's a good point. That is a very good point. But I just want to point out that a a destruction of classes historically has only created poverty. I've always liked to use the term equality in poverty for communism because that's really what it is. <laughs> Holding your response. Well, I think communism doesn't create equality. I think it will will, will create equity, which is much more important. Okay. First of all, or, or, no. oh, you can go, Kai. You you haven't spoken in a while. And then yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. tag on after. That's fair. And and this is this. You might want to move this forward because it's kind of answering a, a question that we had before. Uh, you mentioned how many people were killed by the oppressive rule by Mao and uh, I believe Stalin as well. Um, but I do want to point out that uh, I uh, approximately uh, ten to fifteen million people. Were, uh, 10, 10 million people, about 10 million people were killed by King Leopold, um, a uh, king of Belgium uh, in Africa. And that is a big fraction of the population that were, was killed by European imperialism in general, which is could be as high as 50 million. And then you can also include uh, the number of people that were, uh, the number of Native Americans that were killed by uh, uh American uh, imperialism and taking over uh, manifest destiny, which could be up to two million people, and uh, the transatlantic slave trade uh, on the boats themselves, not even including the number of slaves that died in America as slaves as property, but on the boats being transported to America, um, um, uh, there are estimates as high as two million people that died. Just to show that there are very brutal leaders of who represent communist societies that uh, me and Jackson definitely do not agree with, but capitalism has insanely, unimaginably high death tolls as well. Yeah, you're, you're right. I, I just want to uh, uh, reiterate, guys, so this Holden is going to be our last response for this question, then we're going to go on to the final question where Holden's going to drop the bomb. Uh, and uh, then we'll finish our program. So, yeah, take it away, Holden. Thank you. Okay, so, yeah, you actually raised a pretty good point, Ty. Um, all those tragedies that you listed are, are horrible, horrible assaults on human rights. Never should have happened, quite frankly. But I don't think um, that, I mean, I don't think that those, 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 um, those tragedies that you listed 
are necessarily a result of capitalism. You can have capitalism without having, um, without having, you know, horrible abuses on, on human rights. The capitalist system is, is a system in which people are allowed to pull themselves up the economic ladder by their bootstraps. And the, the tragedies that you described actually counters that idea. So I would, I would say that those are actually anti-capitalist, um, those, those, are, those arguments, those tragedies, excuse me, were committed, um, you know, not in the name of capitalism, but in the name of personal greed and, and um, yeah, which is, it's, it's tragic. And it never should have happened. I just want to say something really quickly in response to that, Holden. Um, I think, like, I'm not sure if this is, is the exact number, but, like, two-thirds of the entire South southern economy during the time of slavery was from cotton and i mean i i think it just it's clear that it, i i don't i don't even think it's a, it's possible to argue that capitalism was not the uh, that was not the driving force of slavery if not to gain money from the slaves what what were the slave owners uh doing if not to gain money Okay, uh, with that, we have reached our break, or break number two. This will be the first time that we've actually had two breaks within an episode. Everyone's done a really great job so far. Um, so, yeah, I hope you guys are enjoying. Please stick around. Thanks. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to a Pragmatic Podcast. Uh, this is going to be the final question in our show today, and Holden is going to take it away in three, two, one. Go ahead, Holden. It's incredibly easy to bash capitalism while both of you reap its rewards. Being able to sit here and have this conversation without your door being kicked in and being arrested by secret police is a product of the freedom allowed in a capitalist society. If you go to China or North Korea, and attempt to preach the word of capitalism, the government will come for you. I challenge both of you to find a system in which freedom, safety, and success is possible. Please, be my guest and name one. Okay, so I think a society with freedom, safety, and security, you said, right? Yeah. I did. I think the United States could be, could be something like that if we had an absolute revolution in our ideals. The United States is in my opinion, never been a country to support the working class, to support um, anyone other that's, a- anyone else that's not a white male, uh, a straight male. Um, it has always gone after people who do not represent uh, its creator's values. And I think a society that would have freedom, safety, and security would be one in the United States. But yeah, just a, just an absolute revolution in values. Um, sure, I mean, you can call it communism, you can call it socialism, but something needs to change. And I don't think capitalism, the way it's going on right now, can continue um, as a society. I mean, it, capitalism isn't giving you freedom security and safety capitalism is taking away people's security capitalism it's making people have to pay um tons and tons of money for health care that's taking away their security capitalism takes away freedom because it um 
because companies can control wages and can destroy unions so workers have no rights. Uh, what's that? Freedom, security, and safety. And we can see, I mean, the government, the United States government does not care about the about the lower class at all. I mean, it's, it's going to take away their safety. I mean, you can see what happened in uh, Flint, Michigan. Corrupt politicians didn't want to spend enough money to uh, make sure the water was safe to drink because, yeah, it would cost too much money. So, I mean, I don't think we can live in a capitalist system that gives those three values, in my opinion. So, do you guys know what a positive void coefficient is? Anyone? Well, basically, what it is, is it's the the mathematical system used by the Soviets uh, to protect against a nuclear meltdown in the Chernobyl uh, nuclear meltdown. Um, and this is the system that justified them not using cooling towers or any of the uh, normal protective measures that would be used in a normal nuclear reactor. And this was mainly just to, to make things cheaper. I really don't think that that kind of a nuclear er, uh, meltdown that has affected, I think, uh, large reaches of the world, I don't think that really symbolizes security to me. I don't think that, because of course that is the, the result of the kind of revolution that Jackson is talking about. I don't think that that's something that symbolizes the freedom and the security that was talked about in that question. I mean, you guys may think differently. I, that's that's the, my opinion. So hold in your response. Yeah, okay. So you, basically what you said, uh, Jackson, your response was that capitalism is bad. I mean, you've said, uh, you know, noted a bunch of horrible things that have happened in our past. Um, and then you said we need a revolution. That's not really providing an example of a, a system or society that provides safety, freedom, and success for its people. That's just saying we need a revolution. A revolution can mean any number of things. That could mean whatever the listener interprets it to mean. That's not that's not a, that's not a, a recipe for success. That's not even a recipe for a society. That's just a you know one guy's. Um, belief uh that we need a revolution that doesn't that's just meaningless rhetoric so i think if we want to actually improve our society we need to work to improve our society not just say we need to have a revolution and then you know but that i don't know that, that, that's just meaningless in my opinion and i'd have to agree with you holding that kind of broad uh speech and that kind of broad uh, talk about politics and, and theory is what allowed Joseph Stalin to take over for Vladimir Lenin. The obvious successor was Trotsky, who was a man of the people and who uh, really believed in the system, yet Stalin was the one who took over because he had a much more powerful position. That was the result of broad rhetoric. That was the result of the broad talk that Jackson is using. That is the result of an unclear system that does not use specific uh, rules and laws, and that is the result of the kind of revolution that Jackson is talking about. One uh, country that is capitalist but has a actually a um, a structure that helps out the common man um, is Norway. I know they are capitalist; they have a very strong capitalist system, but at the same time, they have a very well developed healthcare system, something that America lacks. I would argue that America has one of the weakest. Uh, cap like uh, weakest forms of capitalism in the world, but Norway cares about its people. Yes, again, I know it is capitalist, but it shares a lot of these ideals that 
an ideal communist society would share, which is about caring for its people. It's for it's for uh, having high high taxes that do go through the government, but then make them way back to the people, and and the uh, government doesn't become extraordinarily rich off the uh, people's hard work. Okay, for before uh, Holden responds to that. Uh, I just I, I want to point out that the government becoming extremely rich is not always an issue if that money goes back into the people. That kind of money can actually uh, increase the quality of life for the people, and that kind of money can actually uh, increase the the quality of life for those same workers who have done that work. So I'm not sure, Kai, if you if you're in favor of workers staying the same and not being compensated for their just work, but that that's what it sounds like. Okay, so Kai, you, were, you said that uh, Norway um, is an example of what you would like a, a not-capitalist nation to look like. However, you also point out that it is capitalist. I think that's incredibly contradictory. We can have capitalist nations, as you uh, just said yourself, that exemplify um, you know, good behavior and, and good qualities of life. I would also like to point out um, that uh, Scandinavia as a whole, which is the region that Norway is located in, has been held up um, in recent years by... Um, socialists like Bernie Sanders, who think it's the gold standard for what um, you know what our country should become. First of all, I think it's inc- uh, extremely important to keep in mind that Scandinavia has over 300 million less people living there than we do here in the U.S. So what works for them might not necessarily work here. Uh, as well as this, the socialism practice in Scandinavia is not at all the form of socialism that that, that socialists like Bernie Sanders. Um, uh, advocate for, not in the slightest. Iceland, Sweden, and Norway, uh, which are three Scandinavian countries, of course, have more billionaires per million inhabitants than we do here in the U.S. Wait a minute, though, because our so-called socialist leaders here claim to hate billionaires and want to tax them out of their wealth. As well as this, I would also like to point out that no Scandinavian countries have a minimum wage. Socialists here in America want to raise our minimum wage to $15 an hour, which I think, you know, that might be a good idea. But I think it's incredibly contradictory to say, look, let's hold up this nation as the gold standard for socialism. And then, you know, um, and then and then uh, simultaneously advocate for the things that exist in direct contrast to what what happens in in in, uh, in Scandinavia. I don't think politicians uh, in the United States that advocate for more socialized programs are holding up Scandinavia like some country that we need to follow and that will guide us to enlightenment. I think uh, people like Bernie Sanders simply want more socialized programs like, yeah, $15 an hour minimum wage to let people live their lives um, happily and live their lives uh and yeah, just flat out live their lives. Uh, minimum wage is, is extremely important to raise right now. And uh, programs like, yeah, like uh, universal health care, for example, that's another program that um, we need to have. Yeah, I think, I think, um, so yeah, so leader, leaders like Bernie Sanders uh, aren't trying to have some, aren't trying to, uh, create some crazy change at all. I mean, you, you portray them as their, um, some like radical leaders, but I think they just want to get rid of this, uh, capitalist society that has plagued the United States with, uh, 
with its terrible side effects. I think they didn't need to try straying away from that. And I think that's I think that's what the United States can can honestly do. You guys talk about it like um, like it's some black and white thing. Like uh, we switch from capitalism where the the sun shines and the grass is green and then you switch like you flip a button and then you're in some communist state where the skies are gray it's it's nothing like that it's just with the policies changing the country would change with it see i'm gonna i'm gonna lead with the finishing i'm gonna finish with with one point here both of these systems are, or and, and I mean, not systems, but anti-capitalism and capitalism are are reflective of change within our own system. I honestly disagree with you, Jackson, when you say that that kind of change would foster change in our own system. That it would foster change away from a capitalist system. It's not true. It's really not. I think that universal health care, an increase in the minimum wage, which, by the way, shouldn't happen once, but should happen continuously per year as happens uh, as, as it happens around the world. Um, but I think that those kinds of changes are reflective of a modern capitalist democracy, one that, that doesn't necessarily change immediately to a communist society. As, as you said, Jackson, that's a very good point. We have been defining it like that, and it's a really good point, but... The fight is within our own system. We don't have to change our system to get the most out of it. So just want to end on that point. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening. This was really another fun episode to record. Uh, yeah, say, say goodbye to the folks, guys. Hey, guys. All right, too. Uh, and, yeah, this has been a pragmatic podcast. Please have a good evening, afternoon, or morning. I don't know what time it is where you are. Either way, goodbye.